Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Good morning, Hope Gateway. Once again, I am Sarah Ewing Merrill, lead pastor here at Hope Gateway. My pronouns are she and her, and I am excited. I'm excited for this moment, for this launching of our hybrid worship experience, and I'm excited for this season of Lent and for this new phase of life as we imagine more deeply what it means to be an inclusive church. So first thing, let's hear the story of Jesus that sets the scene for these 40 days of Lent leading up to Easter. The scripture comes from the Gospel of Mark in the first chapter, verses 9 through 15. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, you are my son whom I dearly love, in you I find joy. At once, the Spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, announcing God's good news, saying, now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives. Trust this good news. The inspiration for this Lenten series came from Justice Unbound's Lenten devotional last year called Disabling Lent, an anti-ableist Lenten devotional. And this week, This Sunday's reflection was written by Heather Lanier, a mother of a disabled child. She shares how she experienced becoming her daughter's parent and how the transformation that it brought. This is what she writes. Learning to be my my daughter's mother meant I unlearned much of what I had previously held important. Instead, I held my girl, a gorgeous, luminescent baby, half the size of her peers. At the same time that doctors voiced their concerns, sometimes seeing my daughter as, quote, abnormal and, quote, a problem, 
I heard a voice in my heart's own pulse. It shared the same sentiment Jesus hears after his baptism. This is my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Loving my daughter helped me to get just a little closer to seeing the world and every ounce of life as God sees it, inherently good as marked with God's fingerprint. What if every person, every child, regardless of disability or ability, was able to hear that voice and know their belovedness. This past week, I read Cole Arthur Riley's book, This Here Flesh. I finished it and am starting it again. It's really good. Cole is the creator of Black Liturgies, which we have used sometimes here for prayers at Hope Gateway. She articulates so many things so poetically. But as a woman with a disabling autoimmune disease, her words about belovedness versus productivity really caught me, especially for today. She writes, Our societies and communities have a way of grinding up and serving out dignity in portions based on our own human ideals and idols. In the history of white Western world, you can trace a pervasive, a perversion of dignity in the name of usefulness. You are no longer the image of God. You are currency. We cannot help but entwine our concept of dignity with how much a person can do the sick, the elderly, the disabled, the neurodivergent, my sweet cousin on the autism spectrum, we tend to assign a lesser societal social value to those whose doing cannot be enslaved to a given output. We should look at them as sacred guides out of the bondage of productivity. Instead, we withhold social status and capital and we neglect to acknowledge that theirs is a liberation we can learn from. For this reason, I disagree with those who say we bear the image of God only or even primarily by living out our faith in our labor. The thought is reductive and it evidences that we are content to exclude those who will never work, who may never speak, who no longer make or do. Their image bearing is not dispensable. It is essential. Our dignity may involve our doing, but it is foremost in our very being. Our tears, our emotions, our bodies lying in the grass, our scabs healing. I try to remember that Eve and Adam bore the image of God before they did anything at all. This is very mysterious to me. 
and it must be protected. Jesus also launched his ministry through a time of non-productivity. He went to the wilderness to be alone with the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. Many of you already know this, but since my concussion in October of 2019, my everyday life has been affected. I now identify as neurodivergent and disabled. I don't know how long this will be my reality, but it continues to be a significant part of my life. Here's a little story about how it affects me. When my family went to Boston during school vacation the week before last, I had to make plans to accommodate my own needs. I knew that I wouldn't be able to take the tea downtown, spend all day, and take the tea back to our rental unit. I decided that I would miss out on some family activities and take and get an Uber or Lyft back to have some rest. In the car, on the way back, after a day downtown, there was music playing in the car, and I was longing for silence. This music wasn't super loud, but it had a driving bass and drums. And I debated myself in my head. Should I ask her to turn the music off? If I did, I wouldn't want to seem rude, so I would need to explain the condition of my injured brain. And I really didn't feel like telling her that much about myself. So I just endured it and kept telling myself it was okay. Maybe it was. The hard thing about a brain injury is that you don't really know what's going to push you over the edge and what is just tolerable enough. It made me think, what if people with disabilities could have accommodations without having to self-advocate? And then I watched the Paralympics. These athletes are remarkable and impressive, just like all Olympians. But what I find most remarkable is the intentional system that has been created around each and every person's disability. Equipment has been designed for each person and their particular body. Events are adjusted for time and techniques that honor the particular gifts and limitations of each athlete. They are able to succeed at these events because each event is designed for their success. The barriers that can make it harder for them to participate in sport have been removed. What if we could create a world where everyone had equal access, regardless of their limitations or disabilities? Many, many times, the things we think of disabilities as disabilities are only conditions that make the world harder to navigate because of how the world is designed. 
not because of how the person's body functions. What the Paralympics show us is that world is possible. What if we created a church where everyone felt welcome and was given the accommodations that they needed to feel at home and at ease and able to participate at the same level as everyone else? I hope that we can dream together about creating that church. We want to build a church, a world, where everyone hears the voice of God just as Jesus did. You are my child, my beloved. You bring me great joy. May you know that truth deep in yourself, for yourself. And may you live so that others may know it as well. May it be so. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.